1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNC's apply. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge, celebrating 150 years. Redmond, unfortunately, we've seen quite a few drownings and incidences right around uh, the country at the moment. When it comes to being safe uh, and heading to the beach each day with your family, the same principle actually applies when you're looking for bodies of water in which to fish for. Talk us through around setting up on the beach, the, the, the best ways... In the, the easiest ways to be safe particularly when there isn't the the red flags out there of the surf life savers and guarded beaches but also you apply that same principle when you're looking for little potholes along the beaches those darker water channels yep which is where you will get those bigger predatory fish that are chasing
0: you know those smaller smaller fish you'll see on the shoreline yeah it's a shame to see what we've seen over the past week with a few incidents part and it is sad but it can be avoided as well at the same time uh Learning to swim is something that I put in there at the start. I, I think it should be a law, to be honest with you, that we're, we're an island. I think we should – and I'm not being smart. I think we should all be taught how to swim through school. It should be compulsory. Uh, I don't know what you think on that, but I think it would be a good thing to put in play for every single school. Well, but, certainly people going to beaches
1: um, and thinking – Beaches aren't a swimming pool.
0: If you haven't swum before
1: and you're putting um, – as much as anything, the Surf Life Savers' life's at risk when you've actually never been to well, the, the before week. and you think you know, you'll be saved by them. It, some of Australia's most famous, busiest beaches are also some of the most
0: Bondi's, dangerous. Bondi is horrible. Yep. It it's is a, a horrible really beach. Dangerous it beach is a swim. very, very dangerous beach. And how we determine a dangerous beach is you've got, obviously, elements, for example, you've got different sharks, we're going to talk about sharks in a sec. I've got jellyfish and the other things, but then you've also got the... The, the, the slope the, of the beach. The, the, the natural beach in itself, and then ocean currents, which cause rips. And when you don't understand tides and moons and the likes, when we move away, and when we have swell... It creates gutters in the water, and when a water when water comes into a beach, and I'm, I did my I was a lifesaver back in the day, Patrick. When you uh when you water comes into the beach, you're a clubby, right? I was a club. No, I didn't. I took for very long, but I had my ticket. <laughs> when when the water comes into the beach, the water has to go somewhere. It can't just come into the beach, and it, it has to go back out, doesn't it? So what happens is it comes in, then it finds its early easiest way to get back out, and that's what causes a rip. And how to see a rip is. It's visually is probably the best way to see a rip. If you just look at the Ocean Grove car park and you look out, you'll be able to see a rip. It's discoloured water. It's water that has seaweed in it, foamy water, and bubbles. And I, I fished offshore with Braden during the week and we headed down to Sorrento. And in the water was this massive foam bit with heaps of weed in it. And Braden goes, Oh, what's that? Oh, he goes, Is that a tide line? I said, Mate, that's a rip. And he goes, What? Well, I said, That is from Portsea Back Beach, just there. That water's coming. That's how far out. And we were probably two k's offshore and that's how far the rip had come out and if you were in it that is the way you want to get out of it as quick as you can by swimming on an angle don't ever swim against the rip swim with it and swim to the sides and that'll take you out of it and you can come back in but those are the things we're looking for when you go in salmon fishing too so if you're down the beach and you want to learn how to catch a salmon look for those rips Be careful if you are wading into the water, but fish those rips and those gutters because that's where the water's funneling out. That's where the current is. All the wash, all the bait, all the crabs are getting washed into that area and that's where your fish are going to feed. Same as your gummies and the likes. If you have a big swell that breaks on a beach, there has to be an exit point for that water to pull out and that is also where you want to target your gummies. And one thing a rip will have that a normal beach won't is it won't have waves. It'll have very small waves. Number one, it's either going to be deeper water because it's a gutter where the water pulls out. And number 2, the water's pushing back against it, so it actually flattens it and that's another way to be able to see it and know that you can go fishing there, catch a gummy or you can swim other side of it and be safe.
1: Beautiful work, Redmond. It's time for the social club. Tim Reed has our first question, boys. Are seeing lots of sharks around at the moment. Is it driven by social media, moans and immediate phones and technology? Or have they always been there? Your thoughts?
0: Uh, I believe they've always been there. Uh, we have now two or three Westpac choppers that fly up and down the whole Ballerine Peninsula right along to your Surf Coast area, right down to uh, To to um, sorry, down to the Gippsland. They're constantly travelling up and down. Yeah. And what are they looking for? Sharks. So is it the reason that they're looking for them as well? And also, it's easy for you to see a shark and go on Facebook and post it. Where back 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't that easy. Well, no one
1: had... The phone's ability to record and all those sorts of things. Wasn't there. Um, I, I do think they've been... It's certainly helped with the protection that they now sit under, particularly great white sharks. Mm. Obviously, they were introduced to the Endangered Species Register in 1996. So they've, they've had a good 20 I'm impressed years. impressed with that little
0: fact there, really? Yep, absolutely. Well
1: do you want to know their scientific name? Yep. Carrigan Carcaragus. I watched Should- Jaws too many times. Should be just um, Bruce. 20 plus years of being able to um, to get back up and breed and not be affected by overfishing. Certainly with what we're sort of hearing right around Australia though, like Western Australia, they've never seen so many sharks yep. and the same thing sort of being said in, in Queensland at the moment as well, even though there is shark net set up. So it's quite extraordinary to see as many as we do. You and I love it because we both love sharks and particularly great whites. They're a beautiful animal, but with more people coming into Australia, with the fact that there's... Phones and social media, clearly it's gonna be there's gonna be more recordings of them. I I still remember, you know, seeing watching the sort of first versions of Shark Week and you were just it was incredible to see vision of sharks, you know, attacking or interacting with humans. Mm. It was like it was shocking at, at different stages. Now we're seeing different sort of versions of that every month because people are constantly recording. So um it's a little bit of both, but certainly having phones right next to you constantly. Um, it makes it a hell of a lot
0: easier. I couldn't agree with you more, there, uh, Body Bruce's. <laughs> next question is from Ben. With these tuna being so fussy, boys, how do we get to the, them to bite? Are we just lay They are just laying next to the boat and will not eat. Will you mentioned we, off? We elaborated on it a
1: bit. Yeah, you mentioned this off the top of the show, and it's something that we've always done. Or certainly when we fish together, hate fishing with other people around. Mm. So search for new waters, you often talk about it. It's so much easier to, particularly when the tuna are being finicky, not to spend your time with 15 to 20 other boats chasing a school that may or may not bite. Search out new water in the same depth. It can be in the same region. So you give
0: yourself a better chance. Oh, yeah, you're spot on. We elaborated at the start of the show. So it's... Yeah, it's pretty simple. Just If they're not eating, they're not eating. And for the chances of them just to turn on all of a sudden when they're doing what they're doing and you know they've been doing it for a period of time. But in saying that, if you pick your day, now this is going to sound a little bit contradicting to what I do say as in uh, don't go out in too rough of the seas. But the rougher you go going, be safe. Fish to your own expertise. But the rougher you go going, the more chance of less boats and the more chance of them fish getting stirred up. So... And they don't spook as easy when they're rougher as well. And they don't tend to lay on the surface when the water's gonna be white capping on their heads the whole time, are they? So definitely, definitely get away from the boats. Fish those slightly rougher days if you can. And oh, like I said, number three, it's like the five D's are Dodge. Number three is gonna be get away from boats again. So yeah.
1: And Ben, if you're fishing with a few people in your boat, don't all fish with the same gear. Oh, hundred percent. Different laws, different techniques. Mm. Billy, the snapper craze has seemed to have moved on. Is it still worth chasing them in the bay, or am I wasting my time? They are
0: going fantastic, Billy. They are fishing very, very good. It's tuna, mate. It's tuna, it's tuna that has got <laughs> tuna everyone and, in the tuna craze. Tuna and bloody kingfish. Uh, yeah, it's definitely worth chasing them. Oh, great fish to catch. Uh, not a bad fish to eat for me. Oh, it's not huge on my bucket list. I know you like eating the smaller ones, Pat, but it's... Uh, yeah, get out there. The key to it now is get deeper. So don't fish those 16, 14 metres of water. Get out of wide off St. Leonard's. In my report this week, I've written a report out Mount Martha and off St. Leonard's. Get out into those 23 metres of water. The water temp in the bay is getting hot. So the deeper you go, that more stable weather, that, I guess, spawning, where they when they spawn, that's when they're really aggressive with their feeding. So when if you can keep that temperature around their spawning uh, sort of temperature, that's when they're going to feed and be easier to catch as well. So... 20 to 23 metres of water Out of Mount Martha Out in the middle of the bay Anywhere That's a funny thing with fishing like rock? You know where someone says to you Oh I was off Bowen Heads today Which it, When does it technically become Not off somewhere Because like You could be off Bowen Heads You could be 5 kilometres that way You could be straight in front Or you could be off bow, off Down on of Torquay But you're off Bowen Heads still right, In the vicinity <laughs> In the vicinity I yes. fished bass straight the other day <laughs>
1: Melissa, hi boys, my partner and I are going to chase Marlin for the first time this season. Are uh, outriggers a must? That screams of husband saying, I have to get these in order to catch a Marlin. I don't think he's going to like the answer that you give, Redmond. Because whilst they look good on a boat, you're not necessarily one that always subscribes to banging them out for tuna. Yeah, Does definitely that not tuna. Yep. Does De- that change for Marlin?
0: Yeah, so in our review today, we're actually uh, reviewing uh, rigger arms, but for the Marlin, outriggers are a must. So why does it change between species? Yep. so what the easiest way to explain this, because we've been smashing some time out here, but tuna, you're running fixed drags. So in the rod holders, you're running fixed drag. So when that lure goes, that lure screams off, you need that drag pressure to assist the hook. But when you're chasing the marlin with your outriggers, if you're running live baits and you're ticking them around, say at one to two knots, and you're just driving around, ticking the livebies around and off sunny Bermagill, back in Monty Island there, and you've got a Got, you've got the marking up the bait underneath, and the fish are there. What happens is you're running circle hooks bridled through their nose, and as that rod screams off, it pops the elastic band band elastic band in the rigger and it then it then um, allows you to have connection with the fish without pressure, which the fish then needs a, a circle hook needs time to be swallowed, then rolled out into the corner of its mouth, yep. and then it'll hook the fish and you can go up on your drag. But you need to pop the rigger, allow it to scream off with the line without pressure, and then get up on the drag pressure.
1: Beautiful work. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodridge. That was the social club. BF Goodridge, they have been making a lot of memories in their 150 years, most importantly, driving you to create memories of your own.